Oh yeah, I'm Barry Moran, and you're listening to Mayo Are Back. How are we lads? Con Mort here, Mayo Are Back. Look at guys, you're listening to one of the best podcasts I've ever heard. It's Mayo Are Back. Angelina Nugent speaking, just wanted to say, and Mayo Are Back. Hello, this is Kim Jong-un, and welcome to the Mayo Are Back podcast. How do? Pope Francis here. Mayo Are Back. Mayo Are Fucking Back. Let them say what they like about Mayo people, but Mayo supporters are the best supporters in the world. Folks, how do? You're listening to the Mayo Are Back podcast. It's season five, episode eight. You're listening to the beautiful dulcet tones of TJ and my old comrade, Fat Larry. How do, Fat Larry? How do, TJ? Hello to all the Mayo inbreds. Hello to all the day one listeners, the listeners who've been tuning in all year long since episode one. Hello to all the new listeners as well, all the blow-ins who are tuning in today for this big clash with Dublin. There is inbreds listening in from Indonesia and half-bakes all the way in Hawaii listening in who wouldn't always listen to us. So you're very welcome along and we're very excited for this big All-Ireland shamey filing, men and women. Now, both. We talk about gender neutrality here on this podcast. We will be previewing both here today and we're very excited about that. Thank you for alluding to that so eloquently, Fat Larry. It is fair to say that we have two semis on this week's podcast, not myself and Fat Larry, but the Mayo ladies and, of course, the Mayo gentlemen. I think if we're going to put, you know, such a term on the the ladies football team to refer to them as ladies, I think it's high time we stop calling the boys men and start calling them gentlemen because there is a lot of gentlemen on this team, handsome gentlemen, fine-looking, fabulous young footballers and young men and gentlemen, as, as I already said. Yes, and we're very excited to see the Mayo gents taking on Dublin in another renewal of their big rivalry. It seems to be an annual event at this stage. We haven't won too many of them. In fact, we've actually won none of them. But like every year, we are completely confident that this is the year now that it's going to go our way. We are going to preview, as I said, the game in great detail and we will hope that you know the listeners will have be a lot more clear and be a lot more confident about this Mayo team, you know, having listened to this podcast and we feel with the level of research and analysis that we have done on both teams in this clash, we feel we are going to be in a great place to dissect and indeed manifest a Mayo victory on Saturday evening. So what's coming up on today's podcast, folks? We'll be starting off with a preview, a look ahead to the big games. Then we're going to turn the focus to you, the inbreds at home, and we're going to answer some of the questions that have been on the tips of your tongues this week. And finally, we're going to review the preview that we gave in the early part of the podcast, and we'll make our predictions. And I'm sure people will be listening around the country, around the globe, possibly even around the solar system, Fat Larry, people will be wondering which way do we think this game is going to go can Mayo end the Dublin hoodoo and that's a good point for us to start today Fat Larry can Mayo end the Dublin hoodoo with a bit of Mayo how do I believe we can TJ I think there's absolutely no reason if you look at the form of the two teams from this season and also over the last couple of seasons there is no reason why we shouldn't be really really confident that this Mayo team is going to go out and produce at the very least a very gender fluid a very you know attacking display of football against Dublin the next day if we're to look at it from you know the point of view of winning the game you know we have absolutely no hope in hell of getting this one but that's not why we're here that's not what Mayo people are about as the years have gone on it's become a lot easier to get you know really really carried away and really excited about the prospects of this Mayo team but I think as we've said many times before it's you know it doesn't get easier but you know definitely it it it, it doesn't get any harder these you know losses to Dublin you know we're well used to it now and I think we're ready to have a right crack off them now the next day. Absolutely. Mayo will be bringing a level of intensity and passion. And I suppose two things that we've been able to get into the team this year that maybe we've lacked in other seasons is that little bit of spunk, Fat Larry, and that little bit of jizz. I think Mayo are fully stocked up in those categories this year. We saw the way they played against Galway. And there's a bit of a, a bit of a steely toughness and determination to this Mayo team. We've often said that in the past, one of the cricket 
tisms that we've put on this Mayo team is that they haven't had a Grainuwe-less character, someone who's willing to slit the throat of any pirate they meet on the Western Seaboard. I think in unearthing and uprooting Porico Hora this year, we found that. And I think his karate chops will be very important to Mayo on the day. And another interesting, I suppose, subplot to this game the next day is that it's the first time that Mayo would have played Dublin in the last number of years, minus their, you know, very, very well-known sweeper, uh, Stephen Cluxon, who, of course, is not part of the panel this year. Also, you know, Dublin this year, they seem to be lacking a little bit of spunk themselves. You know, they've played Wexford and Kildare and Meath and they haven't been overly convincing in any of those wins. You know, we've seen them bring in a new goalie to try and add a bit of spunk to their team, Emin Comerford. But he, you know, is very, very untested at this level. And, you know, I think Mayo are going to need to go out and put Eamon under huge pressure the next day now. And, you know, hopefully we'll see Aidan O'Shea go into the edge of the square and... You know, we'll see Matty letting a few high balls into him. And, you know, if we can, you know, rattle Eamon Comerford's cage early in this game the next day, you know, that's going to be really, really important. You know, Mayo can't wait for the game to come to them. They have got to go into the cave and they've got to scare the bear out of the cave. And even if he hasn't got any clothes on, they can't wait for them to get dressed. They have to go and just do it straight away. I've been studying Evan Comfort throughout this championship, Fat Larry, and the kickouts, yes, okay, there seems to be a bit of pinpoint accuracy there, but some of the reports coming out of this Dublin camp is that the dressing rooms are being left in a disgustingly filthy state. Yeah. A disgracefully farcical disgrace of a state, if you know what I mean. Luxaid bottles, dirty socks, smelly underpants, all over the place, and... What they're lacking there is they're lacking the leadership skills of Stephen Cluxton, who would have swept up any of those items in the past. He was hoping to sweep up a gold over in Tokyo, but in the end, he ended up giving his brush to Des Cahill to have a little sweep around with. And no goals were coming home in that department, as far as I'm aware. And we would never wish, you know, bad health or sickness on any person. But, you know, the hope is that, you know, even though it's Wednesday and there's still a few days to go to the game, we could still, you know, potentially have a bit of a COVID outbreak in the Dublin team. You know, we've seen how much it's affected the Tyrone team. You know, maybe this lack of good, you know, sanitary practice in the Dublin dressing room might, you know, tip the, the scale our way. You know, maybe if... Yeah, you know, a, a little negative um, or a positive test for Conor Callahan there or, you know, maybe some, you know, coughing symptoms from Dean Rock. You know, this could make all the difference to Mayo's chances on Saturday. I suppose I've never thought about it in that way before, Fat Larry, but that's why we have such an inbred mind like yourself on the podcast this week, just to give a little bit of insight and clarity to those half-bakes at home who are trying to get into that frame of mind themselves. But you mentioned the bear earlier on. You talked about the Dublin bear coming out of the cave with that, with its pants down. What about our own bear? And what do you see Aidan O'Shea's role being in this game now on Saturday evening? Well, I'm going to go off the cuff here a little bit now for a minute and I hope this doesn't shock or you know uh, worry any of the listeners out there but I think we should really get into the meat and veg of this game now for a minute and really look at the game you know seriously you know with real tactics and you know sort of proper opinions for a minute so I'd like to just touch on you know the Mayo press on the Dublin kickout Mm -hmm. for a minute now so I think it's going to be very interesting to see what strategy James Hornan takes the next day. You know, Aiden has been going in and out. He's been out at midfield for a little bit of the game. He's been at full forward. He goes missing for stages in games as well. We don't know what other positions he takes up. But where we deploy him now the next day is going to be really important. So what I think we should do with Aiden is we should put him maybe in at full forward, maybe five yards on front of Evan Comerford when he's kicking the ball out. Mm -hmm. And hopefully then, every time Evan kicks it out, he'll just keep hitting it at Aidan's head. And that'll kind of, you know, stop the ball going out to the middle because we need to keep the ball away from Fenton. Brian Fenton, this guy is a great footballer, I think. We need to keep him off the ball. So if we can even get Aidan maybe kicking the ball off the cone for Evan Comerford himself, like, you know, like throwing the ball at him and, you know, hiding his cone down his shorts, 
Now maybe that could work now in the Dublin kickout. What do you think? Yes, I think there's something in that, Fat Larry. You're talking about looking for a ricochet. We we do have an Aidan O'Shea. We have another Connor O'Shea as well. If there Fabulous. was another brother there to be unearthed, Rick, and he was able to get his you know, get his head on the end of a few stray balls like that. A ricochet is something that we need because I can't help feeling that we need the little bit of luck on the day, Fat Larry. We, we do have the prophecies on our side. For example, two big prophecies that have tipped Mayo to win this game. The first, of course, would be Old Moore's Almanac, the two and a half century old book that documents different things that are going to happen around the world. They have tipped Mayo for Sam in 2021, so you can guarantee it's going to happen on that front. But much more importantly, I suppose, is the Mayo are back prophecy. The one for new listeners, you may not be aware of this, will give you a little bit of pre-context. It was always said in the Mayo are back headquarters here that in 1951, when the curse was played on this team, 69 years of pain were to follow. But after those 69 years had elapsed, 69 years of pleasure would begin. This is the first of the 69 years. And I believe that this is the first year that we're going to be rewarded for all our hard graft. And speaking of, you know, 69 year waits and 69 years of pleasure, I suppose naturally then we must progress on then to cock and rod. Um, you know, we're talking about the, the makeup of the Mayo full forward line and we're talking about, you know, how Mayo can go out and hurt the dubs the next day. But, you know, we saw in the Connacht final the last day that Mayo weren't wanting for cock anymore because we had the rod. What do you think... Mayo are going to do with their rod against the Dubs the next day where would you play him obviously we saw him last year playing at centre forward played very very well in the All-Ireland final against Dublin he really stood up kicked a couple of great scores he's been playing in, in the corner this year he's been doing it in the corner um, where would you like to see Rod positioned would you like to see him you know coming in the front of the back where, where do you see him going I want Rod all over the place Fat Larry I want to see yeah. him up and down that sideline I want to see him over and back I want to see him showing first but before I talk about Rod anymore it would be remissive of us not to I suppose appreciate our cock for one moment because when we had Kilneal O'Connor playing on this Mayo team we used to lambaste him every single week and as he soared up to the top scoring charts in Ireland the abuse got worse and worse and worse I think it's only when, you, when he's gone, do you miss him? Without our cock this year, without our, dare I say, marquee forward. And when you look around the county, guys, there's a lot of marquees shooting up at the moment, people having their outdoor parties. I know Rod himself was a fan of the marquee not so long ago. So he's probably putting the hand up and he's saying to the wider public and inbreds at large, he's saying, I am a marquee myself, guys. I'm not the little teepee that you thought I was. Tommy Conroy beside me, he's like a little tent that you put up at a festival. But they're both coming together and they're saying, put our two little tent teams together and we can be a marquee just as good as Killian. We can keep everybody dry in there. Now, that's if you have the young Dazzler, the Dazzler McHale playing in there underneath that marquee. That could be a good fit. Aidan O'Shea, would he even fit his head underneath the marquee? I mean, there's reports that when he goes to the Prenti Dome in Ballyhonas, he has to duck you know, such as the inflated nature of the the tent and, you know, how will he cope in, in that little dynamic? Mm. I don't know. Rod is so important. But one man that gave our Rod a bit of a riding in the Galway game was Cormac Lane, the referee. And he has been appointed for the semi-final once again, which I think is a very interesting decision. I think he's, you know, probably David Goff's choice to go out and make sure Mayo lose so that he'll be able to ref his favourite Dublin in the final again this season and that's a disgrace of a joke altogether absolutely and you know just to get back to the marquee there and the tent and all that you know Connor Lane we know this guy like he's you know he's a priest at a confirmation mass who you know doesn't end the sermon when he's supposed to he goes on too long he ruins the fun for everyone else you want to get out of the church and you want to get back for the party back in the marquee mm-hmm. now we're talking marquees we're talking rod we're talking tommy conroy it's very important you know yourself tj from going to you know functions and parties and marquees down through the years when you go into a marquee you want to be fed you know you want to get your you know you want to get your bite to eat you want to get good service so Who's going to provide the service in our marquee the next day? You know, who's going to feed Rod? Who's going to feed Tommy Conroy? Who's going to feed, you know, Aidan O'Shea in the full forward line? That's where you go out to Julian's of midfield. That's where the key to this game is going to lie. 
out in Julian's in midfield, you've got arguably one of the favourites for Footballer of the Year, Matty Ruan. He is playing out of his shorts this year. It's phenomenal to see. You know, we've been coming up against the dubs for the last number of years and we have been you know, overrun at midfield by Fenton and McCarthy and these guys. I think Mayo have a big advantage out here the next day. You've got Matty Ruan there. You've got debutante Conor Loftus. Two of the, oh, those guys are playing out their skin. You've Conor Loftus pinging long balls into the full forward line. Lovely diagonal balls. Matty is making those hard runs. I think our marquee is going to be well catered for and serviced with, you know, nice chicken curry and, you know, maybe a lasagna um, and maybe, you know, nice starters as well. And we'll get on to the starters now in a Vol-a-vance. few minutes. Yeah. If it was me personally, Fat Larry, I'd be, you know, the tongue would be hanging out for chicken and mushroom volavance, maybe a beef stroganoff then to finish. And dessert. We need a dessert. We need some something sweet to wash it down at the end. And that's why I think James Horgan will have spoken about that with his team all week long. And they'll be saying, in the last 15 minutes, we're going to change it up. We're going to hit Dublin with something hard, heavy, and something that's going to fill their bellies in the first 45, 50 minutes. And when it comes after that second water break, get a little drop of water, wash it down, and that's when the cream is going to arrive. The cream... The white hot cream is going to rise to the top mm. and Mayo are going to bury in a couple of goals in that last quarter, I think, if not throughout the game. But the service will be good. And do you know why the service will be good? We're playing right. with a young lad at midfield, Café Rouen. And this is something that has taken place in town, the favourite place of Mayo Inbreds to go and have their little bit of a treat. Café Rua have actually changed their name now to Café Rouen as just an ode to the way that this young guy is playing this season. I haven't seen the likes of it in many, many years. He's a fabulous, fabulous, frenetic young footballer. He's been the man of the match on several occasions. He ran through that Galway team like you'd drive over the Galway border from Ballandine into mm. Milltown with total ease. Yeah. Total ease, Fat Larry. And he's going to do the same to Dublin now again. I think then as well, you know, you said it's very important that Mayo finish the game well. But it's also very important, you know, that Mayo play well, you know, after half time and before half time as well. And obviously at the start of the game as well. Of course. Now, a guy who, you know, we've probably been very nice to in this podcast over the years and who we have given a lot of, you know, praise to. But at the same time, I think now it's the time he took his finger out and really, you know, came up with a very big performance now the next day. And that's Audio Shea. I think we need to see this guy really step up to the plate. You know, he's you know getting towards the twilight of his career now. You know, he's getting to that stage now where you know he's getting a little bit older. He's finding it a little bit more difficult. You know, to work his mobile phone and stuff like this. You know, he's kind of carrying on like you know, kind of like an owl one. Do you know that kind of way? But this guy hasn't got too many more of these big days left. And I think now. And I know he'll be listening and I know he'll be taking all of this down in his notepad. Aiden, I say Audie, needs a very big performance. We need to see him now, you know, with a full tank. You know, he shouldn't be going out in this game with a half tank of fuel. He should go down to Connolly's there before the game the next day and he should fill the tank and he should, you know, play the best game he's ever played for Mayo. And if he does that, there is no reason why we can't do very well. I agree, Fat Larry. Audi, of course, the car brand company has four rings. Our Audi himself, he's got about six, I would say. He's got about six Connacht Championship rings, but he's looking for that elusive All-Ireland final ring. And if he can get his finger into that ring this afternoon on Saturday, Saturday afternoon comes five or six o'clock, I think Mayo are going to be in a hugely, hugely, hugely advanced position. You talked about Pair Mobile, and that's very interesting because I saw him, I saw Edo is sitting in a well-known cafe recently, and I was going to go over and wish him the very best of luck, but I said, no, I'd let him concentrate. He's got a lot in his mind. He's a lot of interviews to give about how to use a phone and, you know, national radio interviews and whatever which way. He needs... He needs to spend a bit of time doing that. So I didn't want to get in his headspace. And of course, he has the game coming up as well. He might also be thinking about that. But something I've been thinking about quite a lot is our Mayo stalwarts. And I've been kind of in a position where I've been getting very feverish now before I go to bed. It's hard to settle. I'd be tossing and turning. You've been in a lot of positions. I've been in a lot of positions. I've been tossing all night, as it were. And one of the things that's keeping me awake is... 
Mayo players arriving in through my window to sit on the edge of the bed and talk tactics with me. And that, guys, is a 100% a sign of Mayo fever. Now, I have been fully vaccinated, as it were, but we know that that's only a cod. The only way a Mayo inbred can be fully vaccinated from Mayo fever is by Mayo bringing Sam home. So I would say if we beat Dublin, we're going to get a little half dosage. And if we go on and win the final against Kerry or Tyrone, that'll be your full vaccination from Mayo Fever. Now, and speaking of a a guy who has come through my window in my sleep many times over the last couple of weeks and a guy who I wish would come through my window in real life as well, that guy is Oisín Mullen. Now, obviously, we would have heard on, you know, social media and in the different media outlets that he was carrying a little bit of a knock and it'll remain to be seen if, you know, Oisín, you know, gets to the starting line on Saturday afternoon and we know he'll be tuning in and listening to us so we wish him a, you know a, a speedy recovery and we hope that he's able to take a full part in the game the next day now what we need to try and I suppose get our head around is if this guy doesn't play now we know how gorgeous he is we know how good looking he is and the first thing I think we need to say to Mayo fans is you know, don't sell your tickets just because he mightn't be playing. There's more to this game than that. I know you were very much excited about going up and watching him and you were going to do all sorts of stuff, you know, whether you were sitting in the Cusick stand or wherever, which way. But there's more to this game than this. Mayo have more good-looking, fabulous players for you to get your teeth around. And you should think about them more so than just Ushin. So... You know, I suppose James Horan is going to try and have to come up with a plan now just in case he doesn't play. Like, who fills that void in at the, the centre of the Mayo half-baked line? Um, he's been so good for us this year. He's, you know, really plugged that hole that the old retired players left behind. Um, and other guys there as well are well able to step up to the plate. You know, as we said, we saw, you know, Enda Hessian and Owen McLaughlin were in the hair salon in Castle Bar this morning. They were in getting a blow dry and hair extensions put in. And, you know, it's nice to see that Horan is maybe, you know, has a plan B in case he doesn't play. But I feel if Mayo don't have a ponytail player at three and six the next day, we might be in a whole world of trouble. Yeah, in, you know, the terms of the year that we're in, is 69 is such a pivotal number for us here on this podcast. Mayo 6 and 9 have been, you know, the fulcrum of our team going over, you know, the past few games and the past few years even. So if we are to be missing O'Sheen Mulligan, we're going to struggle. But as you said, Fat Larry, if we can replace like for like, if one of the guys coming in also has long hair, we need to pray, play that gender neutral brand that has worked so well against Dublin before. We need to be able to transition from defence to attack. We need to be able to transition from men to women and back again. We need to keep them guessing throughout the game. And we need to get inside their heads and not let them get inside of our heads. Do you know what I mean? It's, 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 it's a fluid performance we're looking for. We're looking to see fluid all over the pitch from the players right the way through the management, right the way up into the fans. And the fans are back at this one, Fat Larry. I'd be happy for them. The rare one or two thousand that actually managed to get a ticket to this game. Some of them will be sitting up at the very last row of the Cusack. There'll be other ones in the front row of the Hogan. But no matter whichever which way you manifest or position yourself on that day, we need to hear you loud and proud singing up Mayo and Mayo do 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 even. Definitely. And it's going to be great to see, you know, you're going to see, you know, pods of you know, two and four Mayo supporters. You might have four quarter bakes put together to make a full bake. You might have two ha- You know, you might have four half bakes in a group together that might make two half bakes. You know, there'll be all sorts of different combinations of not wells and inbreds and half bakes in the stand the next day. You know, I think the ones you should really watch out for. Are, you know, if you have you know maybe a group of four half bakes together, I think that's you know from a Mayo supporter's point of view, that's the dream situation. You know, if you get four really you know, inbred half-bakes, you know, maybe ones from, you know, down around, you know, maybe Kalala or maybe over towards, you know, Kilcommon or these kind of places, you know, you know, the ones that have like the big sombreros on them or they might be wearing like knitted mayo scarfs and that kind of a setup, you know, even though the weather might be very, very good, you know, they still feel the need to put as much mayo clothing on them as they can. If we can get as many of those pods together the next day, I think we will, you know, definitely win 
you know, in the chanting stakes and in the, you know, abuse being hurled, you know, at Dubs, at Connor Lane and even at our own players as well. And as we know, there's no harm in Mayo supporters going out and really chastising our own players. You know, that's a sign that we're playing really, really bad. And as we've seen with this current team, they tend to take that criticism really, really well. So hopefully that manifests itself on Saturday as well. Look, Fat Larry, it's better that we're doing it in the stands than we'll say James Horgan doing it in the dressing room. You know, we have to be the first people that Mayo players have to answer to. The first thing they think about when they wake up in the morning is us hungry, inbred, unwell fans. Right throughout the county. We, we, we are in their heads, living there rent-free, and we're holding them to really viciously high standards. We're letting them know anything less than the best is not good enough. And they've always delivered, even if they dip the level for five or ten minutes, if you start roaring abuse at them, you can see the impetus coming back into them in that second half. And they played in a totally a totally perverted way in the second half, mm. totally opposite of how they played in the first half. Yeah. And it was excellent from a Mayo fan point of view. And speaking of Mayo fans, I've been on my travels, Fat Larry, I've been up and down the country, high and low, yeah, as it yeah. were, Dublin, Tyrone, Kerry. I've been to each three of those counties just... I didn't bother going to Dublin, in fact. I went to Tyrone and Kerry because in my mind, folks, and I'm sure in a lot of the players' minds, I'm looking through this game altogether. I'm not considering this game as a challenge in any which way whatsoever. What I'm doing is thinking of who we're going to be playing in the final. Because that's a positive manifestation that we can all start to do. We can light our little red and green candles. We can do some chanting. We can centre ourselves and ground ourselves in the knowledge that Mayo are going to win this game. 100%. And one of the Mm. things that you can do is you can thank the universe for that. So I'd like to thank the universe right now for Mayo getting to the All-Ireland final versus Kerry or Tyrone. But I digress, Fat Larry. When I was up in Tyrone, I got talking to a group of Mayo half-bakes and it was great. It's great in a way when you go on your holidays and, you know, you end up talking to people who live five minutes out the road from Mm. you. Not having to mix with any of the locals at all was the main reason for doing that. But the mood on the ground there at the grassroots was that Mayo are definitely going to do it. And they're back. And very much back. That was one of the things that people are saying so often now. Mayo are back. And I suppose we would thank ourselves Mm. at this venture. We often don't give ourselves enough credit Sure, who else would give us credit, Fat Larry, only ourselves? We just got to thank ourselves for coming up with such a brilliant name that each year just seems to ring truer and truer and truer. Absolutely. And I was out for a walk the other day and I, I was chatting to a worm and a frog and, you know, the worm, uh, Willie the Worm, uh, made a very good point to me. He said that Mayo shouldn't fear Dublin. They also shouldn't fear semi-finals. We've played in many semi-finals before and we've won semi-finals and we've beaten the dubs in semi-finals before as well. He told me that I should cast my mind back to 2015 when Homeli, you know, almost guided Mayo over Dublin in the semi-final. We drew the first day, we lost the second day very narrowly. And I said, thank you, Worm for you know reminding me of those great Mayo performances and he reminded me of the time in 2012 when Mayo won as well and I you know felt that you know I said to him that I was actually going to go on here and and echo those sentiments that he made to me and I would echo those sentiments on to the Mayo inbreds out there as well so we've every reason to be very very positive the signs are everywhere is it okay if I just to interrupt for one second can I then further echo those sediments so they've been echoed now three or four different times really absolutely and I think the more that we echo these sediments you know the more you know positive the Mayo energy is and the more I suppose manifestive the atmosphere is as we build up to this game the next day and I suppose as we you know get towards the end of the introductory section of this podcast I'd just like to again echo your sentiments from the start of the podcast and my own sentiments as well which I echoed after you echoed them initially I'd just like to thank the inbreds the half picks and the unwells for tuning in to the podcast and I would also just like to say that we have got a jam-packed podcast ahead for you this evening we have got um i suppose a review of the preview that we did for the dublin game still to come and we have also been inundated with huge huge amounts of really disturbing questions statements um, and manifestations from you know a wide range of half bakes from across the mayo ga spectrum through our instagram and twitter pages which we are going to get to now in a couple of minutes um, but I suppose before we do that, it's probably a good time for us, you know, having discussed, you know, I suppose Mayo's 
gender neutral style and you know fluidity between men and women and ponytails and all that the Mayo uh, ladies of course are playing in a big semi-final of against Dublin of their own in the starter the next day um, and I know you were in a very good place to discuss uh, the prospects of this Mayo ladies team Yes, I know you said to me off air, Fat Larry, uh, if, if, if I may say so, you said this was something you really wanted to touch on. You wanted to touch on the Mayo ladies on the, over the course of this podcast. And here we are, I suppose. The ladies led this year under new management. Michael Moyles has stepped in there. under He has as many mangers as he has players on the squad, as far as I can see, between strength and nutritionists and hair conditioners and mm. shampoo advisors and all the other things that you'd have on this team. Basically what we have, Fat Larry, is we have a team playing absolutely out of their socks at the moment. They're coming up against a Dublin team on the drive for five. Mick Bowen is their manager and there's a bit of a, it's a bit of a rough element to him now. I don't know very much like him as Mick seeing Boner. him. Yes, Mick Boner is the, the manger of the Dublin ladies and he will be instilling that steely toughness and determination in that team. But the Mayo team, you know, we, we've been written off. We were written off before the Galway game and we saw how that ended for the Galway girlings on the mm, day yeah. but we play you know a direct style with a great approach there's there's patient elements to it and there's there's girls from all over the county Fat Larry one thing I appreciate about this team is you've girls from Kilmavie you've girls from Kilcommon you've girls from Kilmore Moy you even have girls from Carnacon. There's girls from Dublin even playing on this Mayo team or playing their club football up there at the very least. So it's great to see that, you know, you know, the the the, the you know the, 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 the acts of the past, the you know, that, that that sort of bad blood, that bad element which existed in in, in certain quarters, in certain uh, corners of, of Mayo ladies football have been put to rest and you know, it would appear to me anyways, looking in from from the outside looking in you know that this is a much more united group of players you know you've got some of the older uh, players who have been welcomed back in which is great you know it's nice to see people forgiving and forgetting and hugging and kissing and making up and all that and you've also got a, a raft of new young players coming in as well so I think that you know this Mayo ladies team have got a really good chance of beating Dublin um, and it's also nice to see, you know, that the Mayo ladies are now taking the lead and I suppose the Mayo men, you could say, are almost uh, learning from them. You know, you see the way that they're doing their hair before games and, you know, preparing and strength and conditioning their hair before games. You know, that th- th- this Mayo ladies team are really, you know, coming to the forefront of Mayo football. And it's going to be great to see the two teams playing together in Crow Park I think it's the first time it's happened so we would implore and we would encourage inbreds of all kinds out there who are attending the game the next day to get yourself up early get have the early breakfast aim to be in Ferex before you know kind of half 10 11 o'clock time and be on the road and be up in Crow Park then for the the Mayo ladies game and not to be landing in pissed at quarter to six you know you need to get in early and support the ladies because you never know in this day and age, a few of those ladies might end up coming on as subs for the Mayo men later in the day. You know, so you need to, you know, need to support both teams. So true, Fat Larry, and we're not, we're not like Dublin fans. In fact, we would like to just make that very clear. We're we're above them. We're not. We're scum. not going to be sitting in the pub watching Manchester United while that game is going on. We're going to be in there four hours before throwing with our voices already gone from all the roaring and scratching we're going to be doing. That's what separates us mm. from the dubs, folks. And be proud of that. Be proud of that absolute lunacy. But you're right, Fat Larry. The girls have learned from the men. The men have learned from the women. If they're not two discriminatory terms to be calling them even men and women, we'll just say one team has learned from the other team. There's been a very symbiotic relationship there. And I think, you know, one of the teams, as a man which is what I used to identify as. I now identify as a half-bake. But as a man, if I ever had a problem with any of my mangers, I just buried it deep down inside, deep, deep down, and never never vocalised mm. it whatsoever. I suppose what we're seeing now in this new era, across the sexes, doesn't matter what gender you are, you're always going to be given out about your manager and trying to get him sacked until you get the one that you want. And the men have done it for years, you know, the men, particularly in, in Mayo, and you can see it in other counties, have always been, you know, very, very good at that. You know, they've just got on with the job if the manager wasn't up to scratch. Even if there's two mangers. Even if there was two, you know, Mayo 
this this in particular this Mayo team would always have you know just shown the utmost level of professionalism and would have just got on with the job and you know wouldn't have complained about a dip in standards or a lack of planning and stuff like that so let's you know forget about 2015 because as far as we're concerned and as far as the players are concerned more importantly it never happened but look Father Mike is back patrolling the sideline for that first game and what he brings is years and years of experience and also a spiritual element a divinative a divine element to things the power of prayer will be a big factor in the two games at the weekend so Halfbakes if you want to join together now and just ask God I suppose to shine favourably upon this Mayo team and you know all you can do is all you can do is say no like so just ask ask and pray and you know if it works out you can say thank you and if it doesn't work out you know just forget about it as it were that's that's what I've been doing anyways and I think you know we've talked about you know the men you know the 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 gentlemen's game we've talked about the the ladies game in great detail and you know I think there's There's one group out there Fat Larry we have given no respect to no due respect has been paid to this gang yet and now is the time to do it and that would be of course the Mayo Hurlers fresh off the Mickey Reichardt Cup victory where they dismissed of Tyrone a Tyrone team that were obviously suffering from COVID-19 such was the lacklustre performance they gave this Mayo team were fabulous right the way throughout the pitch right up into the stands from 1 to 37 and one man I was delighted for was their captain Kenneth Higgins he lifted his very first trophy ever in Crow Park apart from when he lifted the exact same trophy four years previous. Mm -hmm, But it basically, it was like the first time he ever lifted a cup since he was having a cup of tea. It was like lifting a cup of tea. It came so natural to him. Or lifting a little egg cup out of the press before dropping your boiled egg into it. That's what it looked like to me now. It was just a man who was very, very comfortable in this situation. And it's great as well for the inbreds in East Mayo that they would have a victory to celebrate. Of course, none of them will be tuning in to watch the gentlemen play the next day. And they've, I suppose, have turned their back on Mayo football, as it were, because James Horan will continues to refuse to give any of them a chance but likewise Fat Larry on the hurling side of things all 15 starters came from East Mayo so what they've done is they've really broke the county down into mm. into two and the East can hurl and the other three areas as it were can play football and up to now in 2020 that divide seems to be working very well the men's hurlers have got their All-Ireland in their back pocket. They'll be playing crusty ring hurling next year as well. And hopefully, you know, come 8 o'clock Saturday evening, the, the Mayo gentlemen's football team will be joined by the Mayo Manaw in an All-Ireland final. And then you never know, we could have three All-Irelands back in Mayo by the end of August. Look, we've already lifted the Connacht title in Crow Park. Then we lifted big Mickey's Rackard in there as well. These are good O-mans. And in other years, we've said to ourselves, oh man, that's a terrible old man. But these are old mans that we can totally get behind and totally believe in. Now, at this venture, Fat Larry, I suppose we've, you know, introduced things and we've told the listeners what's coming up on the rest of the podcast. Is it time to get into the questions and answers element of this show? I think it is, yeah. I think, you know, just to apologise to any of the listeners out there who might have felt that we rushed through our introduction and our preview of the Mayo game. We'll be, I'm sure, touching on other elements of the game at much greater length over the next couple of minutes as well. I think it's very important, you know, one thing we've always done here and one thing that, you know, Mayo GA generally doesn't do is we care an awful lot about our supporters, particularly our Corja Mayo, our back uh, supporters who are out there, you know, chopping wood and carrying water for us on the ground, you know, they're spreading the Mayo or back gospel to all four corners of not just the county but also to the whole world which is great to see and you know we have listeners who are tuning in from you know as far away as you know Fiji tonight who are you know thoroughly enjoying this this broadcast and you know it's it's important that we give those guys due respect and get their questions out there which you know we're going to do now as it were. Absolutely and I suppose as it were in another way to heap a little bit more praise onto yourself and myself Fat Larry you know these podcasts the reason we do these podcasts is for the good days of January and February when you can talk about the FBD League 
a much more prestigious competition in my own humble opinion but we have no problem getting through a podcast at this time of year and we know the half-bakes are very attentive at this time of year we've had people getting sliding into the dms getting thick as it were where's the podcast what are you doing whereas if this is another time of year we could keep the head down for a few weeks and get away with it but now the fans are holding us to a very very high standard like in turn we hold our Mm. team to a very high standard that's what it's like to be from mayo and if you're not interacting in august september time don't come near us in january when the big stuff happens that's the way we've always looked at it here fact first question is a huge one motsi is wondering if we can discuss if we can discuss rather the television spat the big debate the big question that's going on on twitter at the moment how many televisions are there in baal it's a huge um i suppose bone of contention it has been you know in in may over the last couple of weeks you know baal is you know a real kind of you know backward kind of uh you know remote uh, suburb of castlebar um and you know i suppose the most important thing is that the game the next day is being uh, shown on RT, you know, free to air TV, which is very important because I know there was war out in Baal there a couple of weeks ago when you know the Sligo game was only being broadcast on on Sky Sports and, and rightly so they were very unhappy about that. So you know it's I, I suppose a question. Hopefully we won't have to answer until another day. Well, we've seen the famous photo of all the inbreds with their heads stuck in the window watching the one set. And, you know, that's because not only was a game on Sky, but that was the only TV in the entire village. Mm. That's what we're led to believe. Now, if any of our listeners has any information to contradict that, we'd be more than happy to talk about it on the next podcast. But for now, to the best of our knowledge, there is only one television in Baal. Next question, Sean is wondering, how quickly can the Boyeens grow ponytails out of respect for our fallen comrade, Oshin? If it's to be believed that Oshin Mullins is injured, can the players grow ponytails overnight? Unfortunately, they can't, Fat Larry. They can't do it overnight. They can't, but luckily, and as we touched on earlier as well, you know, we're very lucky in, not just in Castlebar, but in, you know, Ballina, you know, Westport... Claire Morris, all over the county were, you know, well served by, you know, really, really good hairdressers. And we can obviously see that as well in the Mayo Wag team. You know, they, you know, are always turning out new styles and stuff like that. And it's nice to see that the men are being more comfortable now with going in to their salon and, you know, asking for those new hair, new hair extensions. And as we said earlier, in Hessian, uh, Owen McLaughlin, um, Lee Keegan, Michael Plunkett, they've all been in, they've all been fitted with their new set and that will give James Warren great options now if he needs to put someone else in at centre-back the next day. Maybe Cullen Boyle might even get a set, you don't know. Cullen Boyle with a long blonde wig tied up into a high pony, that's something that I'd love to see. I know we haven't seen much from him so far this year but wouldn't that be a great little Garda surprise if James Warren was to deploy the Ballandine Moydavitz man in and around the six. The next question is an important one for the fans. Anyone going to the game will need to pay serious attention to this question. What times should be assigned to sing the inbred anthem Mayo do 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 during the game? I'd say sing it in the first minute, sing it in the 16th minute, mm-hmm. definitely sing it in the 51st minute as a nod to our heroes of 1951 and undoubtedly sing it in the 69th minute. Yeah. Possibly from the 69th minute on, right up to the close of the game. Throughout a time. Whatever stoppage time is allowed, even if it goes into extra time or kick pinos, I want to hear that blasting out around Crow Park. Yeah. Great question. Now, the next question is not so much of a question. It's it's kind of, you know, pointing us in a certain direction, Fat Larry. says, less about the Mayo Wags and more about the Mayo women. Mm. Well, I think we've given the Mayo women a lot of coverage. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think so, yeah. I actually read that question wrong, but we might we might move swiftly on. Will <clears throat> Will Wedgie Farrell have a game plan in place for these fabulous guys? Um, you know, as we've always said, you can only dance with the girls who are in the hall. We've said it here many times before. And look at... This Dublin team, as we said earlier, Dublin have been kind of, you know, swinging themselves around dance halls this season, you know, 
there hasn't been an awful high standard of women that they've come up against, right? And, you know, they're all confident now. You know, they all have their one-liners and they all have their chat-up lines ready to go. But you know the next day when they're going to come out and dance with these Mayo players, it's going to be a whole different kettle of fish altogether. And we'll see now, you know, they might be, you know, they might, you know, they might get a bit nervous. They might be a little bit starstruck by the likes of Tommy Conroy and Oshin um Mullen and you know manifesting that he will be playing and, and Ryan O'Donoghue and these guys so it'll remain to be seen now you know they might have a plan in place for these guys but they might be very smitten when they see these Mayo boys the next day and they mightn't be able to do much they might go weak at the knees TJ That's a wonderful analogy Fat Larry one of the other things I suppose you could describe them I had this thought quite recently Dublin are like the owl lady when she's out driving a car Dub- Dublin and Leinster rather in that Leinster championship they're very much like your owl lady in the way that they do an awful lot of revving but they never get out of third gear yeah. and that's the reason why they're in third gear they're revving like hell but they never would drop her into fourth what they'll be trying to do is doing that against Mayo but if we could get in there get the hand on the clutch the near hand tackle to keep their foot away from the clutch keep them in about second or third gear and pull the handbrake on them at some stage in the mm. second half that's the way we're going to do it and with all that said I don't see how Mayo can line out in this game without James Carr Given the analogy we've just used there, we have a man on the bench with that surname. The damage that we could do in terms of Instagram posts over the next few days if we had James Carr, you know, motoring up and down the pitch. Diffing around the In corner. the engine room. Diffing around the cone even. Yeah. I'd, I'd compare this Mayo team to a, t- a team of Scans, you know, driving Honda Civics on, you know, do- like 80 kilometre roads and they're doing, you know, they're driving at, you know, they're doing 110 you know, down a country road round bends, they're in fifth gear all the time. And then when they get to go up to Dublin then for their yearly annual trip up to Dublin, you know, they don't fear, you know, the good roads. They don't fear the motorway because they're used to driving fast. And all we can hope for is that when those guys don't, you know, stop at the stop junction and turn out onto the main road, you know, provided there's not a big truck coming, you know, those guys are going to go straight out onto the good road and they're going to hit it running the next day, if you get what I'm saying. When I think of this Mayo team, I think of a shower of fat lads who've had a load of pints on a Saturday night and they wake up on Sunday morning and they haven't had a carver in about 18 months. So they're hungry. And another thing that they haven't is done is they haven't had a pint in a very, very long time. So they're thirsty as well. Now, the next question is coming in from a man who has asked several questions. We'll try and get him some answers to these quite quickly. Is it fair at this stage of the season to say that it's unlikely Seamus O'Shea will start in this match? You would have to think, you know, given the fact that he is retired and, you know, not even playing for his club anymore, that Seamus won't be lining out the next year. But one man who we hope that we do see coming out and a guy who had a great cameo appearance off the bench in the Connacht final was, of course, the... You know, arguably the, the gifted one of the three O'Shea brothers, Connor O'Shea, came on and we'll be hoping now to see him strutting his stuff now the next day, uh, you know, against the dubs, you know, but a divided loyalties for him there as well, you know, but I'm sure he'll want, you know, Mayo to win this one. Is Owen McLaughlin, Tommy Cumroy and Oshin Mullins Mayo's answer to the Powerpuff Girls? Why not? It's 2021, you know. Why can't they be girls? I'd like to see a little bit of more length maybe in the McLaughlin and the, the Cumroy hair, but, you know, Petals Hair Salon possibly have that sorted out, Fat Larry, as I, you've y- been alluding to know, throughout and, the podcast. And I think we've seen plenty of power from them. A bit more puff maybe, and they might, you know, do the job. Is it time to call a spade a spade and retire the Mayo Kit fan? The Mayo Kit fan with the mind of its own. It's... You know, potentially, you know, it's been a bold boy this season and it's been, you know, on the wrong side of the Mayo disciplinary um, team, you know, and it hasn't been doing its stuff. You know, I'm thinking maybe, you know, if the kit fan, uh, you know, doesn't start behaving itself, maybe it could be sold and maybe it could be maybe replaced with maybe like a travelling hair salon that could go around with the team instead. And that might, you know, be a lot more beneficial to some of these players, you know. Look, there was days when we were given out that the kit fan used to smell like fish or turf. It's in a much worse situation now where the kit ban is being reprimanded by Crow Park HQ, as it were, giving out to it for all of the transgressions it's had throughout the year. So the kit fan, the kit fan would want to be on its best behaviour this Saturday afternoon. Hmm. If we make it to the filing, can we get a guest on the podcast? 
One man is looking for maybe his spiritual leader, Adney Mornan, to be on for a little interview. Well, Adney, the invitation is always there. You've always been a firm friend and a loyal fan of this podcast until you effed off. Forgive me for using my French word, Larry. Until you effed off, Andy, and you started doing your own podcast. So if you ever want to come crawling back with your tail held high between your legs, you'd be welcomed here with open arms for a little chat, a little chin wag. And I think there's a lot of men in this county who pride themselves off their ability to talk and, you know, would fancy themselves as being great sort of, you know, public speakers altogether. But I can tell you they haven't been too willing to you know, reach out to us when the invitation has been given over the past number of years. But if there's anyone out there who's brave enough to come on here with us, we'd be absolutely more than happy to pull an extra chair in around the table for you. A very shrewd question coming in from, I'd say, somebody that really, really knows their stuff. They're wondering, is Brian Reap purposely growing fabulous long hair in the hope it will get him back into the squad? It seems to be the formula, you know, um... It seems to be the prerequisite that James Horan is looking for from his guys. Brian, of course, will be playing for Boholomoy Davids, though, who would, a t- would be a team who would probably be playing their trade in East Mayo, though. So, you know, maybe there might have to be some kind of a tribunal set up to, you know, see if that could be arranged. You know, listen, if that hair is strong and luscious, no matter where you're from in the county, you know, due credit must be shown for you know being so fabulous so you never know he might find his way back in yeah He's there's a been a lot of Matty as well yeah there's been a lot of hot air being blown out of that Moy Davids club in the last few years to be quite honest with you Fat Larry and I suppose I personally think their best days are behind them I think winning an All-Ireland Championship under the stewardship of Callum Best is probably as far as this team is going to go in our lifetimes but you know Maybe that'll be the, the comment that gives them the bit of spunk to get them over the line. A lovely heartwarming message is in here. And it's a wonderful message and a beautiful sediment that I'd like to echo before I even read it. It's a young man from Galway who supports the Mayo team only because of this podcast. He says he is an inbred slash not well slash half-baked slash other. He's given us his pronouns there at the end and that's very kind of him to do so. So that shows you folks even people living in a a country like Galway I suppose have been starved for success for so many years and for the last decade or two have been absolutely terrible as it were. They're even looking across at us now with envy and I'm sure a lot of them are saying good luck to you Mayo, good luck to you in the semi-final if we can't win it we'd rather that ye won it than anybody else and it's no surprise this you know, Mayo team have been so successful and so dominant over the past decade or so so why wouldn't people from other counties want to you know, be from Mayo when you've had as much you know, big wins as we have and you know, just the, the, the honours that we have you know, collected over the last decade or so is phenomenal really you know you know just to surmise the the Mayo team is in a really good place both adult teams all three adult teams are in seriously seriously good places at the moment as it were but the county board are still a disgrace and I don't think we could win the All-Ireland with a county board that was functioning efficiently you know we need something to be a national laughing stock about if it's not the kit fan it's our current chairman and our old chairman going head to head like two bucking stags and you know you better watch out guys cuz these two bucking broncos they're, they 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 buck all right and we're not going to get into any of the details of what's going on i don't think it's worth it on this podcast maybe another podcast will be brave enough to do it but i suppose it's worth mentioning you know the clickbait telegraph were the first ones with the news of Usheen Mulligan. However they got it, we do not know. I suppose all I could say, Fat Larry, is I don't know. And I don't know if you want to comment on this issue. Well, I don't know anything, you know. No. I just... Uh, How would you know? I, 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 don't, I don't know what I know, really. But I, I, what I do know is, is that Mayo are back and we are going to uh, be back in Crow Park. Back against the Dubs. Uh, wasn't it a great name we picked for this page really you know we can always find a reason to be back and hopefully after Saturday Mayo will be back in an All-Ireland final as well and that's all I know really A much more serious question that we're much more comfortable with dealing is coming in from a big fan have our young Mayo boyeens enough spunk in their semi to give the dubs a good rattling? Well, that's a question now that I would be much more comfortable answering than, you know, these political questions of, you know, footballing governance and this kind of stuff. To answer that question, I believe that, you know, 
this Mayo team might have too much spunk. And, you know, I think what we need to try and do the next day is kind of try and put a lid on it and try and, you know, make sure that we, you know, channel that jizz in the right way. And, you know, we don't need to go out and beat Dublin by 10 points or 15 points. And I'm sure we could if we wanted to. But I would rather, you know, see this Mayo team go out, take a nice measured approach, you know, get Stephen Cohen on the ball loads, lots of lateral passing, keep it nice and tight. And, you know, to win it by the odd score would be just great. You know, what we don't want to see is Mayo take a 10-point lead in at halftime and get pegged. That's the last thing we want. So let's just keep it nice and cool and calm and under control. And, you know, Dublin will get their rod in good time. Mayo hopefully won't blow their load, or blow their lead, rather. Mm. Please forgive me. They won't blow their lead if they do go ahead. And if they do start off behind, that they'll be able to be the ones doing the pegging, we hope. And we saw it in the kind of final. They were they were good coming from that position. You know, why not do it again? Now, is Mayo better than Ireland? I would say undoubtedly, yeah. yes. I always say when I'm travelling abroad, I'm from Mayo. And if they don't know where I'm from, then at that point, I would give them the information. Ireland. Any word from Oshin Mullen's quad and Paddy Durkin's hamstring? Now, I would love to find myself in between those two particular body parts, but for the reasons that we're discussing now, you know, are they are they fit? Are they right? Is there any little little tears or little strains in there? I don't know. I, I, I mean, to be a fly on the wall of Oshin Mullen's quad. Oh, I'd love to get in there for a look and have a and have a little little walk around and a bit of a gander to see what's going on in there, but all we can do is put our trust in the Mayo. You know, physio team physio team and the, the strength and conditioning and can we discuss Tom Parsons being on the Mayo physio team this year or at least a Tom Parsons doppelganger a man maybe mm. it's Tom Parsons hair I'm sure when Tom Parsons goes into his senior role of governance in the GPA maybe they said the <clears> curls <throat> doesn't quite suit that particular look so he passed his hair on to one of his sideline mentors and did we ever mention the fact that one of Mayo's selectors wore a sombrero in Crow Park the last time around because that was a beautiful fashion image I'd love to see repeated there's questions here about what sort of hats should the Mayo players wear should they all wear the same hat as James Horne when they go out on the day I would say if they all wore little Mayo sombreros there'd be a bit of togetherness if we went out like a little Mayo mariachi band I don't think the dubs would be able to live with that a set of maracas and maybe you know a few drums and stuff and that could really you know knock the dubs off their kilter you know if they saw Mayo coming in with a lot of instruments and you know stuff like that and maybe bowls of you know Spanish food and things like this you know maybe that might really upset them and you never know at this stage we've lost so many times why not try something different very true John Mohan fans are wondering how can we reward John Mohan for all his great work with the Offaly boys well I think that's an awfully good question there's no better uh, you know thanks that we can give John then to finish the job that John started all those many years ago and you know win an All-Ireland and you know in an ideal situation you know maybe John might do another year in Offaly and you know we might see him back on the sideline for Mayo and maybe he could be the one to win an All-Ireland for Mayo that would be lovely that would be wonderful to see Fat Larry there's a question about you here has Fat Larry ever been to Lugahoney I mean, I've seen Fat Larry lugging a couple of honeys out of the big tree during previous All-Ireland final nights. I don't know, has he ever been to that place or even is it a place, as it were? Fat Larry, any comments on that? I have been to Bunny Conlon. I'm not sure about Lug a Bunny or Lug a Honey or whatever that is, but uh, no, I have never been there. I, you know, I tend, you know, particularly if Mayo lose, I like to drive home straight after the game really quickly and really dangerously. That's, I'm one of those Mayo supporters, so I tend not to hang around too long. That's a great way to do it, Fat Larry, I suppose. Uh, There's two questions coming in from a high profile man within, not within the county, but definitely within the, the GA spectrum, as it were. And I mean, I don't think we're going to be able to read them out. They're in the message requests, so, you know, you need to get approved from there. So I think we're going to leave those sleeping dogs to lie, as it were. One of the things this podcast does not want to be known for is being a controversial podcast. We feel this is one of the fairest podcasts of all those out there. Certain podcasts are getting in high-profile guests. Stephen Rochford, he turned down the 
offer to be on the podcast with us here again but what we want don't want to be known as is two guys that really get into too much of the the nitty gritty and the meat and two veg about it we want to come in here and shoot the shit from the hip as it were and i think over the course of this podcast and maybe even over the course of the season as it were we have done that ultimately we let you the fans be the judge of that but i think we've all descended together into an ever-increasing bizarre mayo mindset where we're having the fever dreams we're showing the symptoms. All we're missing now is Sam. And I personally am stone mad for Sam. I think Fat Larry would echo those sediments. Yep, definitely. And I think, you know, our mission statement here at Mayo or Back has always been, you know, if you're going to take the piss out of somebody, you might as well take the piss out of everybody. And if, you, if you're going to be wrong once, you might as well be wrong all the time. And I think that has stood us in good stead over the years. You know, we don't like to get too political. We don't like to get our hands too dirty. We'll leave that to all of the other stakeholders. But I think what we have done here is we are just a source of, you know, purity and, you know, fun for Mayo Inbreds. And I think that is very much reciprocated from our fans as well. The last message from our fans comes in from Paul. He's there every week like a parrot. What did he say? He says... Up Mayo! And what a beautiful sediment yeah. to have at this hour of the podcast. And there's probably not a whole lot left to do at this stage. I suppose we need to thank our various stakeholders, our Mayo boyines for going all the way. Of course, our Mayo fans, the, the Cordia Mayo are back even as it were. And none of this would be possible without you. I'd like to thank my comrade, Fat Larry, for taking the time out of his extremely busy se- schedule to meet us today and have mm-hmm. a little chinwag. If, hypothetically, Fat Larry, we got back into an All-Ireland final this year. Is it possible that you would join us for that podcast? There is a good chance that I would be able to, you know, tweak a few things and work around a couple of different, you know, events that I have scheduled and a few different jobs I am uh, working on and all of the various podcasts that we here are running. Um, But I think there's a good chance, yes, if Mayo make an All-Ireland final, I might even be back for two or three podcasts. You You never know. Well, it's a bumper podcast we've given you for you guys. It's a whomper. There's nothing else left to give at this stage, I suppose, only to wish our boyings the best of luck. I'm sure they've been listening to this the night before the game or maybe even in the underground warm-up area in Crow Park. You might hear these two voices being blasted out around the ground. But I hope for the fans we've given some clarity on all the big issues that you've been thinking of and we've cleared up quite a few things like that. I suppose... We've done our preview, we've asked the questions and in a way we've reviewed our preview. But one thing we have not done yet is given our predictions. And I think that Fat Larry has been on very good form this season so far at calling things as he sees them. And Fat Larry, would you be able to call this one now for us on Saturday? Who's going to win it? Who's going to do it? Well, my prediction for this game, TJ, is that if you are a Mayo inbred or half-bake out there who hasn't had their message read out on this podcast, I am going to tell you with a great level of certainty that your message, if you decide to send one in, will be read out for our All-Ireland preview podcast where we'll be taking on Kerry. Um, I am very, very positive about this Mayo team. I think we're going to do it. I think our time has come now and I think, you know, if we can start, you know, just believing in ourselves and saying things like Mayo are back, Mayo do do do, fuck you Matthew, all these different things, I believe we'll be saying them on for the next couple of weeks and in towards an All-Ireland final as well. I'm going to go for Mayo by two points Mayo by two points yeah now that's extremely yeah. controversial part Larry because you're actually going for Mayo by the even score yes even score I think an I, even scoring win for Mayo look at I think this team is just they're they're so much better than one point better than this Dublin team I think they're two points better than Dublin and that's a you know considering how many times we've lost that that's going to be a landslide win now, Mayo Boyens, you've heard it here first. Nothing less than a two-point win will do. Mayo fans, we want you in your reddest and greenest and most inbred on Saturday afternoon. Sunburned. Sunburned to bits. Get in early. Sing it loud, sing it proud. If you're down for a pint, we'd recommend the Green and Red Parrot. It's a great place to go to soak up that Dublin atmosphere. And what we want you to do is 
Keep thinking about yourselves. Don't worry about the dubs at all. Blank them. They're not there. It's all about us. It's all about our performance and the process. As James Horn would say, it's about the strategic logistic management process operated in a comfortably facilitated way with strategies and implementations. I think that's the words that'll be ringing in our Mayo Boyne's ears as they take to the pitch on Saturday evening. And I think it's going to be enough to get them over the line. But that's all from me, folks. I'd like to say how do. And Fat Larry? Up Mayo. Merton hit me in an unmeasurable one. Did you deserve it? No, no, no. No. Why? But I got up. You hit him back. No, I didn't hit him back at all. I hit him back with one four. One four? One goal and four pints. Come back for him. Why? Because I was simply the best. I've hit him back with one four. I've hit him back with one four. I've hit him back with one four. You understand that, don't you? One goal and four pints. One goal and four pints. You understand that, don't you? I've hit him back with one four. One of the reasons that Matthew Dumbrick 